Welcome to Growth Amplifiers. I am Kenny Harper. Growth Amplifiers showcases ideas from the top business owners and entrepreneurs to inspire and empower you to thrive in your life, business, and achieve a higher purpose. I'll be sharing actionable insights you can apply towards your business in each session. Growth Amplifiers is dedicated to you, your success, and fulfillment. Get ready to amplify. Hey, Amplifiers. Kenny Harper here, and we have an awesome guest today. You know, at the end of the day, we've got to start thinking about something. We've got to start thinking about what are the biggest business mistakes and how to avoid them. Because if we're getting in business and we're looking to improve, but we run into mistake after mistake after mistake, we're going to be running into the wall, right? So the, the topic today, um, we have a guest, which I'll be introducing in just a moment, but we're really talking about you know these 10 biz- biggest mistakes and how to avoid them. And, and as a bonus, we're going to be thinking about some of the questions we can start asking so we can start thinking about how to avoid those mistakes. Because mistakes are costly. And questions provide answers. If we ask better questions, we get better answers. And so some of the things that we'll be talking about are are some of the key questions that every aspiring business owner needs to ask. And if you're in business already, that's fine too. Um, We we just really want to make sure that we're avoiding those costly mistakes. So um, successful businesses are not about great ideas. They're about handling risk and staying competitive. And the key is to know thyself. Before we get further along in this, I want to make sure that we get into our goals of today. Um, we want you to participate. So if you're seeing this live or if you're tuning into a replay, make sure that you're asking questions. If you have questions that come up, we do check our past questions and try to get them to our guests. So be proactive with that. Uh, share your comments. If you have thoughts or opinions on something, we want to hear from you there. Um, sometimes you might have a resource that comes up, so we want to hear from you there and make sure that you take action. Uh, the segment's all about taking actions, so we want to make sure that you're doing the right thing. Now, our guest today, let's get a great introduction here. Um, our guest today, Patrick Burke, is the managing partner of Burke and Schindler PLL in Concentric Wealth Management. He's passionate about helping entrepreneurs start, grow, manage, and build viable businesses. He's advised more than 200 successful startups and is an expert across multiple disciplines, including mergers and acquisitions, business financing, and deal structuring. He's on the board of directors for SMS Holdings in Nashville and UASI in Cincinnati and maintains many different securities and licenses um, he lives in Cincinnati with his wife and is an avid swimmer, cyclist, drummer, which is pretty awesome, and even grandfather, which is even awesomer. <laughs> and his new book, The 10 Biggest Business Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. So welcome to Growth Amplifiers, Mr. Patrick Burke. Great to be here, Kenny. Thanks for the invitation. Appreciate it. Thanks to have you. We've got a lot that we're going to unravel today. And let's let's kind of just get started with that talking about a little bit more about you and who you are. So you've got this great book, the 10 biggest business mistakes and how to avoid them. We know you're a CPA, but what really qualifies you to write a book of this title? I guess the 
number one uh, qualifier would be I've made most of these mistakes myself. Yay! So that's uh, well, yeah. It's uh, after the fact. It's a yay. Uh, while it's going on, it's anything but a yay, right? So that's uh, and I, honestly, I felt like you know, experience is the best teacher, but it's also the most expensive way to learn. And if I can help somebody do better more quickly then I, I feel like that is kind of my uh, duty to do that. And that's really what spawned the book is just seeing people do the same wrong things over and over. And it's like, this, there really is no need to do this. And if you can, if you can learn about it quickly, the book is, you know, uh, you know, under a hundred pages, it might make take you a couple hours to read that. And if it makes, if you avoid even one of these, it's time well spent. That's for sure. Dude. I highly think that's an important thing. I mean, it's too easy. We get tunnel vision. We're in in the flow. And we, and we can easily just run right into wall after wall. And, it, and a lot of it could be avoided. So well, if, yes, it, it's very difficult. And I'm, most entrepreneurs start off, right? They're working in their business and they're working on their business simultaneously. So it's difficult to have the correct perspective when you're chief cook and bottle washer. And most people start off that way. And unfortunately, a lot of people end up that way as well. It it's far too easy. Um, if you're if you're tuning in, um, just want to check this out. If you're if you're looking to learn a little bit more about Patrick and his company, you can go to burkcpa.com. Um, but if you're interested in checking out the the book for yourself, it is available on Amazon. You can go to this URL. We'll put it in the chat feature, um, and it'll also be in the link. But it's a m z n dot t o slash 3H9TDXN. We'll get back to that in a moment. But I'm curious, who should read this book? Well, I think it's anybody who's considering starting a business. I mean, that's that would be, if you could catch all these in advance, that'd be wonderful. But also, I'm speaking to a group of, uh, uh, an EO group here, an entrepreneurs organization next week. And it's a number of the people in that group are those who started businesses are either like mid-cycle businesses or they're getting towards to the uh, the end of their of their ownership of it and they're trying to make sure that they've you know set it up so that it is a saleable business that it has uh, durable value and it's not just something that's been more or less an incorporated job for them so i really think it's uh, anyone on the spectrum of starting to exiting that thinks that that, that maybe they could improve some aspect of the business. And, and I love the fact that you're really holistic when it comes to helping businesses. You you help from people who are just getting started off, people who are already in business for a while, but then also how to land the plane. Yeah, yeah, all important. I think it's a, so many people really don't plan for that. It's like, you know, as I tell them, either someone or no one's going to own your business someday, right? You're not going to live forever. So let's, Let's plan on it being someone and you creating some real value between now and then. So you've, you've got some great content. I've seen you have several books, uh, a wonderful practice with an amazing team. Very impressive. Thank you. Hasn't and been easy. As I said, I've made plenty of mistakes along the way. So it's live and learn. That's all right. So, so let's, let's start off by thinking about maybe on the early side, maybe a few of the questions that you might want to consider asking yourself, maybe some of the questions that um, are commonly overlooked. 
Yeah, I, I think what I consider the number one question is, is the business that you're considering something that you ha uh, add considerable value to? And I think that's, that is a often overlooked aspect of the business. And if you don't, if you're not the best, if you're not the best player at the key position, you should be second best player at several key positions. Otherwise, it's going to be very difficult for you to be successful. And I think a lot of people see a business, hey, wow, that's priced right. You know, I kind of like the industry. Um, but let's just say, for example, you know, the owner of that business was generally, and this is what I find, that people who start businesses are really good at, at sales and production, mm -hmm. uh, or at least one of those. And if I look at business as a three-legged stool, so there's sales, production, administration. So very few super successful business owners are just really good at administration, right? They're usually salespeople or production people. So, you know, I'm not saying if you're if you're extremely uh, adept at administering, you can't own a successful business. But I would suggest in those situations, you're probably better off um, with a franchise where the, the sustainable advantage has been developed over the course of years. And if you follow the recipe uh, and you're adequately capitalized, chances are you're going to be reasonably successful. Right. I'm sorry. Go right ahead. No, I was just agreeing with that that talking point. I, I saw from some of the material that um, you've shared that I've been able to re review. Um, you know, success in business is not just about great ideas. Um, it has a lot to do with handling risk, staying competitive, which you're speaking to now. And the the key is to know thyself. That's. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's well, I, it is interesting. I mean, I've had many different experiences dealing with would be entrepreneurs. And I, I always, you know, as I say, you know, it may not be that they eat risk for breakfast, but it's generally isn't on the menu still at lunch, you know, and I've had situations where people have gotten to the uh, you know, five yard line on a deal and they just they you know, got the financing. They negotiated the price. And I can think of one instance where the uh, it was a buyers and they were both uh, people who'd been uh, right sized, if you will, from large companies and didn't, you know, had never owned a business before. And they wanted the owner that, to stay on for five years. And he was like, look, you know, I'm, I'll stay on for a year, but if I'm going to stay on five more years, you know, I'm going to continue to own the company. You know, I'm that's, that's not mitigating my risk. And they wanted to put a big piece of the price on an earnout, And it was like, well, you know, if I'm going to be there five years and I've got all that risk, I'm really not selling the company. I'm kind of leasing it to you. So that that didn't work. And also, I think people, even if they've got, you know, they've amassed some some wealth and they're they sort of say they're willing to risk that. But then you ask them, you know, well, what have you done that would indicate that you have a, a good relationship with money and they, as I point out in the book, if it's more like your baseball card collection and you pull out your portfolio and look at it from time to time, but you really haven't made uh, a career of, uh, not that you need to be, you know, complete, uh, completely um, uh, risk tolerant, but if it's something where, hey, look, I've never, I've never risked any money in my life. I, it was, I had a conversation with one of my relatives at a wedding earlier this summer, and he had been, uh, 
worked for a couple of different companies and had had some payouts, some venture back things where he'd rolled equity into into some new ventures and came out with some money. And I said, you know, are you ready to buy a business? And he said, you know, I've been thinking about that. You know, I'm 51 years old. I've never owned a business. And you know what? I'm this. I can't do it. I, I cannot put everything uh, on the line. And I know to buy a business of the proper size, that's what I'd have to do. And I, I'm not willing to do it. And I said, well, that's, you know, back to your point. Know thyself. If that's the case, then don't do it. It's fine. Actually, he ended up getting a job with a uh, uh, sort of a barely post startup where he's got some uh, opportunity to earn some equity. So good for him. You, you know, it's it's interesting as you're mentioning that you got something little gear cranking in my mind. So I'm a growth coach and an advisor that works with businesses that are looking to grow, either get more customers and clients or uh, grow the, the average value of the customers and clients they currently have. Right. And I've run into a couple of situations where I, someone who is, let's take a, a bookkeeper who they were working in another company, they worked a career, and then the owner's like, hey, do you want to buy the business? And then they did. And then it, they're starting to have some challenges because they haven't really been an owner before. <laughs> yep. And some of the the mindset and some of the, I guess, uh, skills or, or traits, character traits that may, may be helpful to, to help them succeed aren't quite developed. So no, I, in, in that situation, um, what might they what might they consider doing when they're like, hmm, now I'm in a pickle? Yeah, I mean, there is a, I mean, I would, I have a number of clients that I would put into the category of reluctant entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And uh, a one in particular, I can think uh, a few years back where the owner of the company uh, uh, just, you know, walked into his office one day and said, you know, either you're going to buy this or I'm selling it to somebody else, you know, soon. And, uh, you know, he had engaged an investment bank and he had sort of helped out, sort of setting the stage for financing. And the guy came to me and he goes, look, I had never had the desire to own a company, but now the gun's to my head. You know, he was probably, it's probably mid fifties. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, I'm never going to know a business the way I know this one. I've been doing it almost since college. So uh, he bought it. And, you know, he's doing fine, but it was a, a challenge. And I, and I would say that what he has done since then is he started a board, which was very helpful. And people who had, you know, been there and done that and, you know, already had the T-shirt, if you will. <laughs> and, uh, and I'd like to say that advisors like myself and his, and his uh, uh, outside counsel uh, have, you know, helped businesses of this size um, before. And I think that's helped. I mean, when you when you're in this situation, you feel like you're you're in the battle by yourself. And every day, as I say, and this is true of almost all my clients, every day they're running the biggest company they ever ran. Right. Right. So there's going to be times when you're scratching your head saying, I really don't know what to do next. Uh, and you know, the more you can, the more you have advisors that you can bounce things off of that have been there before. You know, it, that's critical. You know, there's no reason that you have to be at the head of the peloton just tuck into somebody's draft and keep going, right? It's, it's critical. Uh, I see time and time again, and, and I've been on the scenic route myself to, to realize we all get tunnel vision. We all have blind sides. That's what they call blind sides. It, it's the people that shoot themselves in the foot 
and this may be you if you're tuning in and hearing this yourself, is if you think, oh, I know it all. Yeah. I know it already. Yeah, I know everything. Who says that besides teenagers, right? Yeah, very few, uh, very few people who've been in business through a down cycle will ever say they know it all. If, if you only know up cycles, you know, then you're, uh, you know, that's, uh, hey, just because you had four sunny days on a great weekend doesn't mean the rest of your trip's going to be great. So it's a great quote. Uh, and, and it won't, right? It just won't. I had, I was doing some networking once upon a time and it was hearing some people talking about coaching and advisory and like, why would I hire someone to tell me the things I already know I need to do? I'm like, you're missing the point. So, Patrick, for someone who, who's thinking, why would I hire an advisor to help me out if I already kind of know what I need to do? It, it, wouldn't it just take more time to, for them to tell me? Wouldn't it just cost me money in order to, to do that? What, what might you tell someone? Well, that, that, it's a great point. I, I think you think about even the best tennis players, you know, the, uh, the best golfers, they've all got teaching pros that help them, right? And they hold them accountable. And I guess, by and large, what they have is there's an objective view of what it is that you're doing versus what it is you want to do. And I think I certainly it's been my experience with entrepreneurs is they they're extremely uh, they got two lenses. You know, they have the wide angle lens to look for opportunities and threats. Then they have the microscopic lens to work on those two things. And they go right back out to the wide angle lens and that area in between that, you know, that sort of middle management area that's not really where entrepreneurs like to focus mm-hmm. but it's those details those systems and those metrics that allow you to grow and and most importantly allow the company at some point to be sold at the value that it should sell at and not a discount or as you know you know most businesses don't successfully transition at all mm-hmm. and shingle comes down and and that's that so that's kind of how i look at it and so they're they're finding their way. They they may realize, yes, I need to I need to do some things. I need to get some fresh perspective. But man, wouldn't it be great if there was like a book out there that could help me realize what some of the biggest mistakes are so I can avoid them? Wait a minute. I think there is one. I just heard of one recently, Patrick. It, it's it's on the tip of my tongue. I think it was the 10 yeah, biggest right. business mistakes and how to avoid how them. To avoid them, yeah. Yes. And actually, one of those mistakes is is uh, you know not hiring professionals that are going to add value. And I think that the uh, you know is uh, when I start that chapter, I I point out that uh, you know this is a, a a disclaimer. You know, I'm a practicing CPA, so you know your sponsor in this commercial is me. Right. But, uh, I certainly have helped people in, not only grow just with sort of new access to capital or, or helping them start a board or, you know, uh, coaching their CFO on, on certain aspects of the business. But it's also just sort of to gain perspective of, of having been there and seen the mistakes and made the mistakes. It's um, it, it's, it's very common for for particularly, I'd say, you know, moderately successful businesses to think they can't be any better. Mm. And honestly, you know, early in my career, I would have conversations with with business owners where I was trying to get across to them that, wow, you know, this is a great business. It could still be better. 
And I didn't really have the chops to understand what I needed to say to them to get them to focus on what could be better. Now, a few more gray hairs or a lot more gray hairs, I can go, hey, look, here's what you need to look at. And actually, one of my other books, Accelerate, in terms of operating a business that sort of distills you know, basic business down to 20 questions. And if you, you know, uh, in that book, I marched the, the business owner through the 20 questions and he asked at the end, he grades himself. So you, you know if you need help or not. And you know, putting yourself through those sorts of uh, learning experiences is critical. And in, in doing it early in your career, rather than, you know, I think there's a, there's a significant misapprehension that, hey, when it comes to, to time to sell, you know, I'm going to cut the grass and paint the door and this business is going to be ready to go. And, and it's not, you know, it's if it's been too much of you, you don't have middle management, you don't have process and metrics, you know, the smart buyers and the assumption has to be that all buyers are smart because most of them are. <laughs> and the idea of operating on the greater fool theory is a poor way to operate. So don't think of it that way. Think about Think about what the most uh, astute buyer is going to have on his due diligence checklist and make sure that he can, before they even walk in the door, make sure he or she is going to be to check yes to that. And that's so really that ongoing process of thinking about what's it going to be like when I sell this, it should be going through your mind from day one. And even if I always tell people, you know, you should be at a, your business should be saleable tomorrow. You know, it shouldn't be. I'll defer that until and. Even if you, you, know, you transition it internally, if you if you give it to your children, whatever it is, it's, it's going to be much more valuable to the next owner if you've done this work in advance from the beginning. I highly concur. <laughs> I think I've made one of those mistakes is it um, about not thinking of that period. I, I built a my first business was more doing web design and I built it up, but I didn't do it in a way that made it easy to, to transition out of. That's so, it's common. You rather know, than it's... selling it, I ended up passing a lot away and transitioning out of it. And it, it could have made at least some money. Uh, it could have been an, an asset. Oh no. I mean, Hey, it's, you know, and it's, and one of the, one of the other mistakes that, that I talk about in the book early on is, treating what is essentially a potentially growth business as a lifestyle business. And, mm. uh, you know, certain businesses are very, you know, I, I use the, uh, the very simple uh, idea of a shoe shine stand, a shoe shine stand is or a lemonade stand. It's like, you know, you're going to do that. And when you, when you uh, uh, screw the lids back on your cans and, and, uh, and take your box, business is over, right? So there's really nothing much you can do about that. It's a job. You know, you've, it's a business, but it's, you know, I call it an incorporated job. So there's really, it doesn't, it doesn't have uh, any longevity and there's really nothing you can do with that business to make it, um, to make it sort of a, 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 a value that you can transfer to a new owner. You know, mm. so that would be, you know, if you're, if you've got a, a highly specific consulting company that, you know, it's 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 all wrapped up in what you do, and it's very hard knowledge to transfer. On the other hand, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I see is you you see somebody that's got sort of a tiger by the tail, and they become so enamored of taking the money out of the business 
and sort of all the trappings of success that they don't reinvest the money they should in their business and in the business it sort of bumps along and acts as though it's a it's a uh, uh, a non-growth business it's a lifestyle business and they it never reaches its potential that's here in conservative cincinnati that happens from time to time not probably more because they're afraid to reinvest than they are and having all the trappings of success but you know and i've seen certainly both uh, those reasons being a uh, uh, cause of a of a downfall if you will i, I could see that where you're you're enjoying the hey I, i've worked on this i want to enjoy the fruits of my labor and if you don't know what you don't know then you could be sailing along not investing where you need to and getting ready to find out when you run into that wall and it, it could be avoided it's no really it, it absolutely and and it's hey i'm you don't have to wear a hair shirt your whole life i mean it's important to reward yourself i mean there's it's uh, uh you get to the point where say hey, look you know i've always wanted to you know fill in the blank you know in in the book i have the protagonist you know, driving home from work on the day that he just sold a huge account and he drives by the Porsche dealerships and, and sees that Carrera S4 or 4S, I guess it's called, that he really wants and, and you know, buys it, but that didn't really sign the papers yet. And his his advisor's like, no, 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 <laughs> you don't need that. That's, you know, that's a $140,000 statement of something that's not not yet true. So, Keep your old Lexus, tear up the paper, and go back to work. Maybe someday it's okay, but you know, for today, not time. Well, uh, we we do have a question that came in. Uh, someone who who saw the um, show was coming up. My company's leadership is holding off on implementing new ideas for our development for developing our business. Um, this is causing a challenge as we never seem to have enough time to make working on our business a priority. So basically they're they're having trouble because the leadership's like, we don't have time to be working on our business. Well, and I think the common cause of that is sort of, is not being answerable to the ownership, not being answerable to anyone, right? Mm. And if it's, and that's why and I don't suggest necessarily a small business doesn't need to have a board of directors where you know, they're actually voting on key uh, business uh, decisions. But a board of advisors that they meet with four times a year that will hold them accountable. I, I mean, I see this all the time. I mean, I, I do some consulting with a with a uh, it's not an engineering company. It's an IT company. And the, the ownership has some, you know, uh, one of the owners really thinks the highest and best use of his time is to consider is to continue being a, an engineer and technician. He sort of cherry picks the 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 things he wants to work in the business on, but he doesn't really hold himself accountable. And it's like, well, either you're going to be the guy that works in the business, or you're going to be the guy that works on the business, but you can't be necessarily be both. So, right. um, and that company doesn't yet have a board of advisors, but that's what they need. Uh, so that's and hey. You know, where they the old story, uh, uh, the best disinfectant is sunlight. So, you know, opening up the boardroom and peeking in there is is uh, is critical. And so if I were working uh, for that company and I was frustrated by that, you know, you might you might start off with sort of a uh, 
360 review process with the ownership being reviewed by um, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the folks just below them and just saying, hey, here's what I see here. You know, we're, we're, we're too busy, you know, worrying about billable engagements and we're not, we're not looking down the road at what's next and it's going to come back to bite us for sure. Look at a circle, going in a circle. Yeah. Um, yeah so let's true. put out the fire. All right. Fire's put out. Oh, by the way, there's another fire. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so if you're tuning in and you haven't done so yet, uh, make sure to check out the 10 biggest business mistakes and how to avoid them. Our guests today, Patrick Burke, CPA. If you want to learn more about Patrick, you can go to his website. Um, you also go to patrickburke.net. So that oh, patrickburke.net as well. Yes. Uh, really cool. And Pat, you've shared some great insights thus far. If we can pull out perhaps what is just one of the, the top pillar mistakes and just pull one more mistake out of the good old mistake book to avoid. Oh, well, this is and this is so common. It's partnering when you don't need to. And I don't know what it is about entrepreneurs. I think they're by and large. I love them. They're mostly uh, they're a lone wolf. Right. And uh, uh, but when it comes time to hunt, they suddenly want to be a pack animal and they run around and they they try to find someone to go into business with and it's it generally doesn't work and so i always say look you know uh, unless the person that you want to bring on has a skill that you absolutely must have in your business and you absolutely can't acquire it for money alone then you should bring them in as a partner otherwise you know find another business or <laughs> big borrow and steal the money to bring them on uh, as a, as an employee, because it just it generally just doesn't work out. You know, there's there's uh, I think I've presided over almost as many business divorces as I have successful partnerships. So be very wary of that because it's it is uh, very difficult to pull off properly. And generally, what I find is the businesses it it works best when the businesses are just doing okay. If they're doing poorly, there's finger pointing. If they're doing well, one partner is going to think it was much more their their effort than it was the other person's effort. So very avoid insightful. avoid unless absolutely necessary. Uh, and, and very insightful. I've actually been on the experience of both of those. Um, <laughs> okay, most people have who've been in business more than once. So, and it, it was it was no fun. And, and the culprit, uh, you you ping them, you ping the culprits of the challenges that should arise. Life is a journey. It, it takes us in different places. Uh, so make sure that you, you have the right people on the boat. Absolutely. It's, it makes it a lot more fun and your destination will be a far better spot. I guarantee it. So uh, amplifiers, make sure that you do take action. I, I highly suggest um, checking out this boat. You know, if all you did was gain just a piece of wisdom to help you avoid making a very, very costly mistake. Wouldn't it be worth it? Perhaps so. And it's an easy, easy read. Check it out. And um, thank you, Patrick, for for guesting, for sharing your knowledge and your insights, and for being the leader you are to help others amplify their business. Thank you, Kenny. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it very much. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. 
thank you for your support.